Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Today we will recap the week that was, including a look at the July jobs numbers. Plus we will preview what you can expect in the week ahead. Joining us for the conversation, glad to welcome back Brian Rose, Senior Economist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Brian, good morning. Thank you for dropping by. Looking forward to our conversation. Thanks, Dan. Good morning, everyone. Brian, perhaps we can begin with the July jobs numbers, which just hit the tape a few moments ago. That non-farm payroll number in particular was eye-opening. So curious to hear your thoughts, reflections on the data, Brian, as well as what it might indicate about the health of the U.S. economy and the labor market. So overall, it was a very strong report, much stronger than expected. Non-farm payrolls rose by 528,000. Consensus was looking for a slowdown to only 250,000. So, you know, way above consensus, uh, revisions added another 28,000. And uh, the unemployment rate ticked down to 3.5%. So now that is the same level as we were at before the pandemic hit, which, uh, you know, is also ties a 50 year low in the unemployment rate. And also the level of payrolls is slightly above the pre pandemic peak. So in some sense, we're back to where we were in February 2020 before the pandemic hit. And uh, other, you know, other, another side of strength was average hourly earnings up half a percent month on month. June revised up a tick to four tenths. And this is too fast for the Fed. So, you know, they want to see more moderate wage growth in order to help get inflation down. And another piece of bad news in that sense is labor force participation rate ticked down. And, uh, you know, that's also the, the, it's the worst combination in terms of, you know, how tight the labor market is. You had very strong payroll growth and the participation rate uh, ticking down. So in reaction to this, the market is pricing in more Fed rate hikes. So quite, quite a strong reaction to, uh, to this and the dollar, you know, the, the prospect of more Fed hikes is also supporting, uh, the dollar and, uh, you know, at this point, given this kind of number, it uh, makes it more likely the Fed will, will hike by 75 basis points again at the next meeting in September. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, we did see that reflected in the futures. They were modestly higher heading into the release at 8.30. But as soon as that jobs print hit, we did see an immediate reversal in sentiment. Outside of the jobs report, Brian, what were some other notable macro data points from this past week? Yeah, there were quite a few key indicators out this week. Uh, to staying on the labor theme, we had the jobs job openings data. This showed quite a substantial drop in job openings, down 600,000. This is in the month of June. And also, openings are now down by 1.2 million from the peak. So we have seen a substantial you know, reduction in openings, and that is you know, good news and from the perspective of you know, labor force tightness, but again, I think uh, more than offset by this morning's payroll number. And uh, we also had the ISM surveys out, both manufacturing and non-manufacturing better than expected, especially the services, the services of PMI uh, really beat expectations, it rose, and both both surveys showed the prices paid uh, lower than it has been in recent months. So you know, less inflationary pressure at the producer level, which is, you know, obviously good news. 
And uh, one one other thing that came out of those reports was the comments from the survey respondents more fears about recession. So you see, you know, business sentiment is is quite weak. A lot of people worried about the the economic outlook. Uh, we also had from the Fed the senior loan officers survey, and this showed very clearly banks are starting to tighten lending standards. And really important to keep this in mind is that what the Fed does, you know, the Fed funds rate isn't very important for the economy. What matters is how much do businesses have to pay when they borrow. And, you know, the tightening lending standards is a bad news uh, for the economy in that sense. And uh, we also had auto sales for July. This is something I've been keeping close watch on. They were up a bit from June, but still the level is low. I mean, we're still at sort of recessionary levels of uh, auto sales. These are, uh, you know, uh, interest rate sensitive and uh, have not been doing well in, in recent months. I'm, I'm becoming more convinced that the problem for autos is not just that there are chip shortages, it's that the demand is, isn't very strong. Well, Brian, you did bring up the Fed a few moments ago, just thinking back to the past few days. It seems like we've heard a lot from Fed officials. So, Brian, can you recap for us what we've been hearing over the past week? Anything indicative of how the central bank will implement policy from here? Yeah, I think pretty clearly the Fed wasn't happy with how the market reacted to what they did at the FOMC meeting. So Howell's message was... Basically, you know, steady as she goes. What what we told you at the previous meeting in June is still more or less our intent. And remember, the dot plot from the June meeting showed Fed funds rate getting up close to four percent by by early next year. And somehow the market interpreted this as some some sort of pivot. You know, Fed's getting more dovish, or they're slowing down the rate hikes, or something. And clearly, the Fed uh, yeah did not did not like that market reaction. So, uh, you know, they trotted out a bunch of the FOMC members to deliver the message, hey, you know, we need to see a lot more progress on inflation. We're not ready to stop hiking rates. You know, we're going to keep hiking as long as inflation stays, uh, you know, this uh, this elevated. And, uh, you know, as we're talking about, uh, you know, after the payrolls, that, that is even more clear. The, you know, and, and on top of the inflation numbers, the labor market, is just way too, uh, still way too strong, way too tight, and the Fed wants to see inflation comes down, come down. But you know they need to see the labor market cooling off. It's impossible to hit a two percent inflation target if average hourly earnings are going up half a percent uh, every month. So you know we we're, we've been looking for another hundred basis points of uh, Fed rate hikes this year, and you know again the risk seems to be to, to the upside after this morning's payroll number. Thank you, Brian, for some takeaways there and for some analysis as to how the Fed might be interpreting the jobs report we received uh, just a few moments ago. Now, pivoting to the preview portion of our conversation, uh, what's taking place next week, Brian, that will be on your radar that you feel investors should keep an eye out for? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously the most important release next week will be the CPI for July, you know, huge focus on the inflation data. And uh, this time, because gas prices are down, the headline CPI should be, uh, you know, a lot lower than in recent months. But core CPI probably continuing to show, you know, very substantial increases and, you know, again, way too fast for the Fed's uh, liking. Uh, We'll also get the producer price index and import and export prices. 
these are important uh, as sort of a leading indicator of uh, where where the retail price inflation will go in the in the months ahead. Uh, next week, we also get the NFIB survey of small businesses, and here the emphasis uh, is on employment. So, you know, are businesses better able to find the workers? How much are they raising their wages? And also, how much are they raising their their prices? This is always an interesting data to to look at. And then, uh, you know, one other very important release for the Fed is the University of Michigan Survey of Consumers. And within that, the long-term inflation expectations is what the Fed is focused on. So those ha- actually came uh, off the, the peak and uh, is at a good level for, for the Fed. It's at a level that's compatible with the 2% target. Uh, but uh, any increase in inflation expectations puts a lot of pressure on the Fed to, uh, to hike rates. And then uh, finally, one other thing to, to watch, you know, we had this week uh, news that uh, Democrats seem to have a deal um, on on a package, on a fiscal package that they, they can pass through reconciliation. So we'll find out the next week whether they can actually pass it or not. This doesn't have, in my view, doesn't have huge implications for the economic outlook. I'd say it's a maybe slight, slight positive, but because they're, it's fully paid for, the spending is more than offset by revenue increases, it, uh, it won't have a huge short-term impact on, uh, on economic growth. Okay, so some key points of interest in the week ahead. So, Brian, thank you for previewing those and for, again, dropping by top of the morning today to recap what was a busy week. Uh, Thank you for providing your reflections, interpretation of the July jobs numbers. Very timely. I wish you a nice weekend, Brian. Thank you again for joining us. Appreciate it, as always. You too. Thanks very much. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer. 